Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. What is happening, everyone? Welcome to episode 229 of your favorite podcast, The Gordai Podcast. I'm going to show some Haley, and today I'm going to talk to you about meal frequency, size, nutrient timing, and share some tips in here that I find helps me and my athletes progress a ton with your digestion. So, as always, Gordai Podcast brought to you by Revive So Much, brought to you by Raw So Much. Use code Mahaley at checkout to support your boy. As always, leave us a five star rating, check out the YouTube, share us with your friends and whoever needs this. I'll see you inside. All right, guys, let's talk about nutrient timing today. It's something that I posted about a while back on Instagram that uh, got a lot of DMs and and uh, interaction with it, so I think it might be a good topic to discuss here for you guys. Um, number one, I want to talk about the uh, peri-workout um, window here. This really is bodybuilders. That's kind of our most important um, timing for nutrients to come in. Uh, it, obviously, it's to not only prime our body to perform at the highest level um, within our training session, but then after our training session, we want to make sure we're setting our body up with exactly what it needs to recover, right? The reality of our progression within training is we're only going to progress as well as we can recover from whatever stimulus we're placing on our body, right? And all of our training variables and factors um, really tie into what we are able to recover from. So your training volume, um, intensifiers, um, uh, RPE, all of that is really just based around recovery. Obviously, if you're enhanced, you're able to recover much quicker. Obviously, if you're using things like growth hormone and insulin, that's going to help you recover quicker. Obviously, the higher quality sleep you have, the higher quality digestion you have, all of those things. So we're going to assume that everything is aligned appropriately, and now we get into things like meal timing. So the peri-workout windows, pre-workout, intra-workout, post-workout. I want to start with intra-workout because I think it's super important as there's... For some reason, I'm still seeing this on Instagram, and it's like, Jesus, you guys not pay attention to Justin Mahaley. Um, why are we eating during training? <laughs> I don't care what it, like, if you're eating anything more than just pure dextrose, like sweet tarts or Smarties, or something that's a liquid calorie, you are absolutely hindering your training session, period. Like, you just are. You're hindering your training session. Um, that's the reality of the beast. It's exactly what's going on in real time. Um, your body during training session is not in a position to break down and digest things. Your body is in a sympathetically driven state. This means that digestion is on the back burner. So whatever you're eating that needs broken down while you're training, if it's anything more than dextrose, essential amino acids, salt, and water, in a pump matrix, like you're trying to force your body to break things down in a position it's not able to break things down for. So what's going to happen is it's just going to sit in your gut and it's going to ferment there until your body switches into a parasympathetic state and it's finally able to break things down. 
it's not going to be broken down in real time during the training session. You're not going to get the benefits that you think you are during your training session whatsoever. If it's anything more than just dextrose and like I said, EAAs, things they like, right? It's like Smarty can be okay. Um, like Sweet Tarts probably, you know, they're just dextrose. But the reality is like, let's just take some intracarb powder. I like intracarb um, Gatorade powder. I love that. It's super cost effective. Obviously, the intra-training um, like supplements are going to be the best, like the raw intra-workout. That's going to be awesome. I also understand it's not cost effective whatsoever. If you can have some EAA, some Gatorade powder, and some salt, you're going to be sitting in a really good situation. So that's during the training session. Before the training session, we want to have something that is going to keep blood sugar stable. So we do want to have fat. For most people, we like to have fat in that pre-workout meal. My preferred fat source is honestly just coming from meat or macadamia nut oil. So like 93.7 beef, a salmon, um, chicken thighs I'm cool with. But I really just like chicken breast, rice, pineapple for the bromelain and pineapple to help break the food down, and macadamia nut oil. And also that is just a wildly freaking delicious meal. Pre-training, our goal is to prime the body to have the greatest output during the training session possible. The timing of this meal depends solely on you. It's not 30 minutes, not 20 minutes, not 40 minutes, not an hour. When are you able to ingest the meal? And when are you able to have that meal nearly completely digested to where you don't feel it sitting in your stomach what, during your training session? We don't want a full stomach on a training session. We want stomach to be as empty as it possibly can be without us feeling hungry. So that's when we eat our pre-workout meal is in that time. If we're using insulin and things that like pre-training, perfect. Use it pre-training. If you're using it with your pre-training meal, perfect. Use it with your pre-training meal. But that's not going to throw off the fact that we need digestion to be the number one focus on what we are doing with our pre-training, our intra-training, and our post-training meal. Digestion matters. Some people, I have some athletes eat their pre-training meal like 75, 90 minutes before their session just so they don't feel full during their session. That is perfectly okay. To be honest with you, if you're someone who trains later in the day and you don't eat for like an hour and a half, two hours for your training session, that is okay. You have multiple meals in, you have things going on, you, you have enough stored up to where you're able to go in and train. So number one, our meal timing is solely dependent on digestibility. Number two, our meal timing is dependent on how are we able to get the maximum amount of effort from our training session. So if we go in hungry, if we go in full, we're obviously going to have lethargy that comes with that, right? We're not going to be able to give our 100% focus because you're going to like have this food baby in your stomach or you're going to be so damn hungry, you're going to feel like you're in prep and neither of those are a conducive place to be. Post-training, same thing. It just doesn't matter much. When does your body settle down enough for you to be able to ingest the meal, chew it slowly, not be like a freaking hog with it? And when is digestibility going to be the highest? For me, I don't have a post-training until like an hour and a half after my training session. I take quite some time to cool down. I work, I'll record content, I'll do whatever. And then I get in to my post-training meal when I know, when I can physically feel my blood pressures return to normal, my heart rates return to normal, my brain is returned to normal. It's not like I don't have any headaches or anything like, wow, I just really stress my nervous system. Like everything's back to normal. 
that's when I'll consume my post-training meal. So what should our meals look like? There's just some other things that I want to go through here um, that might not be mainstream, right? We have to have, this is rather mainstream, we have to have an adequate amount of complete dietary protein. And honestly, it's really optimal to have protein like every two hours being awake, all right? Um, Your body, if you eat too much protein, it's just going to simply be excreted in your urine. If your body needs to use it, it's going to use it. So there's no like max threshold on how much protein to have at any given time. But again, we want to respect digestion. If we slam 16 ounces of protein, it's probably going to be a little bit difficult to digest that, right? So I like keeping protein options for guys between like 200, 250 grams per meal. For girls, I really like around 120 to 160 per meal. Yes, I will go outside of those ranges where it's able to be handled by the athlete, Um, but more often than not, my ranges per meal are going to be somewhere in there. I love having carbohydrates late in the day and before bed. It's going to help you sleep. It's also vital for recovery. It's also, in my opinion, going to help you not wake up absolutely freaking starving overnight. I, there, there's, I don't see anything that's a downside of having carbohydrates before bed. I know that some people are like, oh my God, the blood sugar spike. Like, dude, are, are you not healthy? Like, are you not good? Like, if you're worried about the blood sugar spike, anytime you ingest a little bit of carbohydrates, you should really probably get your insulin sensitivity in check. Like, get your sensitivity in check, take some berberine ALA, take some metformin. I'm not real sure what to tell you, but if that's what we're worried about in terms of why we're not eating carbohydrates before bed, when we know that they can help release tryptophan, which makes you go to sleep, makes you sleepy, doesn't make any sense to me. It makes no sense to me. Something I like post-workout. I like antioxidants post-workout. I like taking B-complex vitamins post-workout as well. It's going to help your mental cognition. It's going to get rid of radical stress, um, things of the like. I like, obviously, having caffeine in my pre-training. It's uh, Now, not a lot of caffeine. I really prefer black coffee. Caffeine is a vasoconstrictor. This means that it is going to constrict your blood vessels and less blood's going to be moving through. Now, that being said... A small dose of caffeine, there's not really a lot of negative that's going to come from that. We're slamming a whole bang pre-training. You are going to have vasoconstriction occurring at a high clip. I really like caffeine under 100 milligrams in that pre-workout window. I really do. Like, a lot. I love it. It's going to help you focus. It's going to help you dial in. It's going to help you get energized. And those things are going to help you push further with your effort in the gym. And that, to me, means more than a little bit of vasoconstriction. Like I said, post-training, I love antioxidants. I love B-complexes. One thing to note here, I, I believe for bodybuilding, when we are eating high amounts of protein, I believe that we should likely take a digest supplement with every meal. I like the Thorn Research Biogest. You can get that on Amazon. I like three caps per meal. It has like ox bile in it, pepsin, uh, betaine um, has a few other things in there. I can't remember off the top of my head. I take three before normal meal and four or five before big meal. Uh, like after my show, when I went out, I took seven like before an off meal or a free meal. And I'm still doing that to this day. I take seven before that just to help break everything down. And I love it a ton. 
I enjoy um, using anything really that's able to give us a gastrointestinal advantage. Glutamine, 10 grams three times a day can only do good for us. Nothing bad can come from that. Daily greens, AM and PM, it's only recommended once a day. Why not twice? Why not have a full green servings two times a day? It's only going to help us. A multi-mineral every day to make sure all of our mineral um, uh, bases are covered. It's only going to help us and make us better. Okay. Now, something to talk about is like fast and slow proteins, right? We, throughout the day, we want to have more often than not the most easily absorbed protein sources like amino acids, which is going to rapidly elevate blood amino acids. Um, there's going to be a nice insulin response from that. It's going to help drive those amino acids into the muscle. It seems that using a hydrolyzed protein like peri-workout is going to provide some advantages, um, such as the rapid absorption of amino acids, greater elevation of insulin. Um, slow protein like casein is going to have a direct simulation on glucose uptake and glycogen synthesis. It has free radical quenching actions, greater stimulation of protein synthesis compared to EAAs. So there's a time and a place for each. Casein is best used before bed, yes. I like using casein in like oats before bed, as oats for most people are tolerated extremely well from a blood glucose response. But also, those two things are likely going to hold, you know, late into the night as they're more slower digesting. And that's not just bro science. There's actual science on this. They're slow digesting. And so they're going to be able to hold your satiety into the night so you're not waking up in the middle of the night just completely starving. And yes, there's a large effect on that. If you have 50 protein and 50 carb before bed and right now you're having like chicken and rice, try, try out like a casein with an oats, and just see how you feel. I bet you you're going to notice a difference on that. Okay? This, an often thing that I get is, can why, why EAAs rather than just like whey protein during training? This is a good question. During training, I just don't want to have dairy and gluten like coming into our digestive system. It needs broken down. Whey protein is like 99% bioavailable. It still needs broken down. EAAs are just simply amino acids that are literally going in to the, into the bloodstream and like going directly into amino acid stores, which is your muscles, right? I like that a lot, and I really think um, that the EAAs are vastly beneficial. A way before or after training could be good, and I love doing that for extra protein without much stomach volume because we're going to be drinking water anyways in those periods. So throwing a scoop in there is an easy way to get 25 in both those windows and then 50 overall for the day, but I definitely don't want to enter training. Now, meal frequency and size. This is a big thing that I preach on here. We want to always respect your gastrointestinal tract as much as possible. So we want the minimal food volume. We should never feel like stuffed and full. If we overate, you're doing your, your, yourself a large disservice by extending your gut, forcing those abdominal muscles to expand and not allowing them to be as tight as possible. This is going over time. If you're consistently bloated and gassy and you know, fill it up too much, that's going to have a negative effect on what you bring to the stage. D GI distress is, we should never, ever, ever, ever have that as bodybuilders. 
One other note I want to make here. Every morning I wake up and I take a big swig of apple cider vinegar, and man, it does help a lot. And before my high-protein meals, I do a big swig of that as well. And I know there's not an abundant amount of research on that, but on days that I miss it or meals that I miss it, there's a large difference in my digestive capabilities there. So just something of note for you to take with you that, hey, yeah, it's nasty, but man, you take a swig of it and it's probably going to help a lot. Now, back to meal frequency and size. Smaller portions are going to be better. Now, high meal frequency does help in segregating macronutrients so that we're like avoiding GI distress. Like, man, we had, you know, 35 grams of fat, 95 carbs, and 80 protein. Man, that's a lot to digest. What if we broke that up into two different meals? Might help. It might but I also like the gut to have the, I like the stomach to have breaks throughout the day. I'm not someone who's big on like six or seven big meals. What I like doing, I like two really big meals, like pre and post training. And then I like three or four kind of smaller meals throughout the day that don't fill your stomach with a bunch of volume that respect your, your stomach and what's it's able to break down. And the reality is higher meal frequency may realistically be the only way to avoid gastric distress and bloating so that we're not ever getting like too full. But it kind of depends on your daily time constraints. Like what are you able to get in, right? Now, there's not going to be any effect on what your like metabolic output is in terms of your meals. Like I know that that's like been a thing that's happened in the past is like, oh, well, hey, um, you know, if you eat more frequently, then your metabolism is going to, that's not a thing. Not a thing at all. So what's going to raise your metabolism from a dietary standpoint is really just going to be high protein. Because the thermic effect of, of protein is so much greater than carbohydrates and fats. Now, that being said, we always just want to eat protein to the place that we don't, how much protein can we eat where we don't have GI distress? As soon as that GI distress sets in after any meal, because the protein's getting high, we want to pull things back down. But like I've noticed, having the ACV and having BioGest with every single meal has helped me be able to push protein much higher. I'm able to consistently have 300 gram protein meals and not have any issue. That's a... (laughs) that's a pretty big deal. That's, that's, that's a really, that's like a cheat code, you know, going into an off season phase, especially we, if we can assimilate and utilize more protein while I'm training, supplementing and all of that, like a bodybuilder, then we're probably going to have a greater result. We're at 20 minutes. This podcast, that's where I like being at. So we'll leave uh, the rest. I want to talk about for next time. As always, I love chatting with you guys. I'll see you next time.